Moses followed the same Christ that Christians follow. That is the message I have for you today, ladies and gentlemen. You know, when you hear the name Moses, perhaps you may think about that old movie, uh, The Ten Commandments, uh, where he uh, the, remember the scene with the Red Sea when it was opened up and so on and so forth. Well, that's the Moses I'm talking about. Uh, the Moses in the Bible, you read about him in the Old Testament. You find him in a book of Exodus and so on and so forth. So I, I want to say to you today that Moses followed the same Christ that Christians followed, the same Christ that I follow today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, there's only one Christ. Now, hear me. I'm not talking about the Christ of the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Watchtower Society. I'm not talking about the Christ of the Mormons. Uh, not that Christ. I'm talking about the real Jesus Christ that we find within the scriptures. And I'll be giving you a lot of good scriptures to show you more about who this uh, Christ is. But let's uh, talk a little bit about Moses. Now, I'm going to read something to you from chapter 11, which is found in the New Testament book of Hebrews. Uh, that's where I'll be going uh, today. Uh, sometimes uh, it's called the Hall of Faith. That's what I like to call it. You know, the, the, the baseball plays and other uh, football plays, they have a Hall of Fame. Well, uh, this is the Hall of Faith, and this is even better because these uh, the people in that book, uh, uh, chapter 11, it, it's talking about men and women of God. They, they served the Lord, and they ended up in this uh, chapter 11 in the book of Hebrews, which I believe was written by the Jewish apostle Paul. So let's go to Hebrews 11, verses 23 to 25. It says, By faith... Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Wow, that's a powerful uh, portion of scripture. So think about it now. This uh, book of Hebrews is found in the New Testament, and yet in chapter 11, it's talking about all these Old Testament folks, these great men and women of God uh, that had faith. So isn't this interesting? So um, let me give you a background of Moses, you know, what that's talking about, that he was hid three months. Well, you know, Moses, when he was born, it was during a time when uh, Pharaoh, the Pharaoh that was in uh, service at the time, he, di he didn't remember Joseph. He didn't uh, know Joseph, uh, that whole story. So, you know, after Joseph died and this new king came along, uh, we, we see that he saw that the children of Israel were multiplying. So, you know, he saw that the children of Israel were, were a multiplying, and what he did, he started afflicting the children of Israel with hard bondage. He made life difficult uh, for them. So uh, what happened, though, it, it didn't work. <laughs> you know, he saw the more he afflicted them, the more they prospered. So you know what happened? He, he realized, you know, another way I can get uh, rid of these people is when, when the babies are being born, uh, we'll tell the midwives that if the baby it looks like it's a boy, kill him. Can you imagine this? Kill him. So uh, 
what happened is they the the, the Hebrew midwives they didn't uh, they didn't follow that order. If there was a boy being born, they did not kill that child. And Pharaoh caught a wind of it and said, "What's going on here?" And basically, they said that the Hebrew women, uh, when the babies are born, they're more livelier. Basically, they're they're coming out before they can even do anything about it. So the next thing you know, Pharaoh comes up with an order that if a baby uh, is born and it's a son, it's a it's a male. Uh, he he told him to chuck him into the river, cast that uh, boy into the river. In other words, drown them. So um, when Moses was born, obviously the Hebrew midwives, they did not uh, allow that to happen, and they hid him. And uh, it got to the point where they couldn't hide him anymore. So uh, after about three months, what they did is they built a little basket, and um, they, they, they made it from the... Um, the, the uh, reeds by the, the bulrushes. And uh, that was used like for building ships and stuff. Think of like bamboo. And they took some slime and pitch. They made sure that they waterproofed this little mini basket, little mini boat, if you would. And they threw it into the water. Obviously, Moses was inside. Now, watch how God works, folks. The, the Lord was watching over uh, this whole scene. So here comes this little basket floating down the river. And... Uh, Behold, the daughter of Pharaoh, she was bathing in the water. She sees the basket, you know, amongst the reeds there in a marshy area, and she told her maid to go get it. So Pharaoh's daughter had compassion on that child, okay? Um, so she realized this was one of the Hebrew children. Meanwhile, the sister of Moses was standing afar off to see what would happen. She was watching the whole thing. So she saw Pharaoh's daughter uh, fetch the child, and, and she came up to her and says, do you want me to go get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the child? And she said, yes. So the sister of Moses went and got the mother of the child, and Pharaoh's daughter told her to nurse the child. In fact, she says, I'll pay you wages. So think about this. Uh, they, they wanted this baby uh, killed. They wanted all the male uh, children of the Hebrews killed. So they didn't obey the order of Pharaoh. Now, Pharaoh's daughter had compassion on uh, this son, uh, which is named Moses, okay? She takes the child, and now she's going to have Moses' mother nurse the child, and they pay her. Look at that. She's getting paid uh, by the daughter of Pharaoh to nurse her own son. So it's totally awesome when you think how God watched over the whole thing. Think about that. Watched over the whole thing. So let me go back to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 26 to 27. It says, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. So this is talking about Moses, ladies and gentlemen. Look what it says, that Moses esteemed the reproach of Christ. Don't miss this. So here's the name Christ being mentioned here, folks. Moses followed the same Christ that Christians follow today. Oh, yes. This is Christ before he came into the world. The Messiah. Before he came into the world. And Moses, he esteemed 
suffering for Christ to be greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. What does that mean? Well, Moses was raised uh, by the daughter of Pharaoh. So eventually, uh, when he grew up, he was given back to the daughter of Pharaoh. But you can rest assured, during the time that he was being raised, he was instructed in the way of the Lord. He was instructed uh, in the way of the Hebrew people. So he knew. He knew where he came from, even though he was with the people of Egypt under the dominion of uh, the daughter of Pharaoh. So it's awesome the way the Lord works. So it came a point in, in the life of Moses when he realized he wanted to go back. I encourage you to read Exodus 1, Exodus 2, and so on and so forth. So Moses knew, folks, that in the end, the compensation that, that, that he would receive uh, for following Christ was greater than anything this world had to offer. He said, keep your riches. The guy had it made in shade, made in the shade. You know, he's, he is uh, with the daughter of Pharaoh. You're talking about the daughter of the king. He probably had everything he wanted. But you see, because as a young man he was raised, they were instructing him, you can rest assured, he knew where he came from. And don't ever forget that. So Moses made the decision he's going to follow the Lord. Let's go back to the book of Hebrews 11, verses 28 to 29. It says, Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, essaying to do, were drowned. So here we go again. This is talking about Moses. You remember the story where uh, God killed all the firstborn of the children of Egypt, but not the children of Israel. He said, sprinkle the, the blood of that slain lamb, that unblemished lamb, put it on the doorpost, the side post, the, the upper post, and the Lord passed over them. So this is the same Moses, folks, that we're talking about here. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. The Lord took the people of Israel through the Red Sea, folks, on dry land. What happened to the Egyptians when they entered the Red Sea? They were pursuing the children of Israel. What happened? Did they make it through? No, they did not. The Lord closed the sea upon them. So we see the Lord was working over and protecting his own people all the way back then. Once again, I remind you that the Christ who preserved the children of Israel, is the same Christ that I serve today. So, Moses was trusting in the Lord, ladies and gentlemen. That's what you need to know. You know, sometimes you'll hear uh, people make statements like, uh, there are three great faiths that came out from Abraham, Judaism, Christianity, Islam. But hear me now, there's only one faith that saves, ladies and gentlemen. One faith that saves, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. You must be born again. Hallelujah. That's what you need to know today, folks. You know, very often you uh, hear the popes, they talk about interreligious dialogue. You know, uh, back in 1986, they had a, a meeting in Assisi, Italy, uh, where all the major religions, including Islam, Christianity, Judaism, and all these things, including witch doctors, and they're all getting together to pray. 
okay? Interreligious meetings, okay? Big danger, folks. Interreligious dialogue. That's what, it, what it's called. But, but you see, as I said, folks, there's only one way. You know, even, even uh, forget about the Pope, you find evangelical churches doing the same thing. Sometimes they'll have like a, uh, in a big city or something, they'll have a prayer meeting where everybody gets together to pray. Hear me now. If they're not Christians, if they're not born again of the Spirit, if they don't believe that Jesus Christ is the only way, they're wasting their time, folks. In fact, you should not be doing that. You do not join. That's an unequal yoking. It's ridiculous. You see? You, because Jesus Christ is the only mediator, folks. So, so getting together with other religions to pray for, for the city, it's stupid. It, it doesn't make any sense. You must come through Jesus Christ. Don't ever forget that. So, so when you talk about interreligious dialogue, folks, uh, you know, th this is the way the Lord does it. He preaches repent and believe the gospel. That Jesus Christ is the only way. That's the only interreligious dialogue that you should have. Preach the gospel. That's how you dialogue with people of other religions. Don't ever forget that. So now I want to prove something to you. We're going to go to the book of Exodus uh, chapter 3 now. It says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, a bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. So you get a picture of this. Here's Moses, folks. And he's in the desert. And he, and he sees in the distance, he sees a bush burning. But, you know, usually if something's burning, it's consumed and that's it. It's, it'll burn itself out. But Moses sees his bush burning and, and it just keeps burning. So he, it just was like a spectacle to him. He said, let me go over there and investigate. He goes over there and uh, let, let's pick it up here. Uh, Exodus chapter 3, verses 4 to 6. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of of the bush and said Moses Moses and he said here am I and he said draw not nigh hither put off thy shoes from off thy feet for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground moreover he said I am the God of thy father the God of Abraham the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob and Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon God isn't that something? So Moses comes up to this burning bush. And when he got closer, a voice speaks out. The voice of God said, hey, Moses, take your shoes off. You're standing on holy ground. Isn't that scary? I mean, that's unbelievable, folks. So God talks to Moses out of the burning bush. And don't miss here, uh, how did God identify himself? He says, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Don't forget that. This is the true and living God. This is the only true and living God, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go now um, as, as we look at verses 13 and 14. It says, And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, what is his name? 
what shall I say unto them? And God has said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. So God was calling Moses. He's going to be uh, delivering the people out of the bondage of Egypt. Egypt, And he's, he's Moses is the man. <laughs> and so Moses, uh, he's questioning God. So what should I tell the people? What's your name? What do I tell them? And now he says here, this is the name I go by. I am that I am. I am. Okay, so don't forget that name. Now, let's go to verse uh, 15. It said, And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. So we learn here that the I am and the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, same person, God, okay? Don't forget that. Let's go now to verse 16. So verse 16, go and gather the elders of Israel together and say unto them, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob appeared unto me, saying, I've surely visited you and seen that was done, which is done to you in Egypt. So Moses is being told by the Lord that he sees everything. Go back and tell the elders that I have surely visited you. And he wanted the people to know, I'm very well aware of what is going on in Egypt. I see this severe affliction. I see the bondage that is being done uh, against you. I'm very well aware. So God's uh, basically getting ready to bring a great deliverance to the children of Israel. And we can take heart, ladies and gentlemen, as Christians, that no matter what we go through, God is aware. God is watching everything. He sees what's going on. He knows the persecution that the Christian suffers. And very well aware of what is going on. So now that we know that the name of um, God is I Am, and that he's uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, let's tie it together and prove in the New Testament that Christ, the Christ that we know, Jesus Christ, is the I Am. John eight fifty eight and 59. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, well, most assuredly, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Then took they up stones to cast at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. So what do we learn here, ladies and gentlemen? Jesus Christ identified himself as the I am. He's telling the Jewish people, that before Abraham was, in other words, before Abraham even existed, I am. So he's trying to show them, explain to them that he's eternal. Oh yes, that's exactly what's happening here. So you may be wondering, uh, ladies and gentlemen, why did the uh, Jewish uh, Pharisees take up stones to throw at Jesus Christ? Well, the answer is found in Leviticus chapter 24 and verse 16. It says, And he that blasphemeth the name of the Lord, he shall surely be put to death, and all the congregation shall certainly stone him. 
as well the stranger, as he that is born in the land, when he blasphemeth the name of the Lord, shall be put to death. So they thought that Jesus Christ was blaspheming when he identified himself as the I am. No two ways about it. They knew exactly what he was saying. So that was a, a name that was powerful, folks. I am. They knew that he was claiming to be the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they said, let's stone this guy. That's exactly why they did it. They wanted to kill him. They believed he was committing the sin of blasphemy. So now let's uh, go back to the New Testament. We're going to prove uh, that Moses uh, followed the same Christ as Christians uh, followed. The same Christ that I follow today. Matthew chapter 17 verses 1 to 3. And after six days Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment or clothing was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias, that speaking of Elijah, talking with him. So here's the Lord up on a mountaintop. He went up there to pray. He's together with Peter, James, and John. These are uh, three of the original apostles, disciples. And now he's transfigured before them. He's, he's bright white. Can you imagine this? And the next thing you know, Moses and Elijah are found talking with Jesus Christ. So th there's only one Christ, folks. The Christ that I serve and the Christ that Moses and Elijah served and followed is the same Christ that I serve. Don't ever forget that. So here he is in glory. Let's go verses 4 to 5. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elijah. Elijah. While he yet spake, Behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. So uh, God the Father made a distinction right away, basically say, saying, Forget about Moses and Elijah right now. This is my beloved Son, Christ, in whom I I am well pleased, hear ye him. So right there, folks, we see that the, the, the Christ that Moses served is the same Christ that the believer served, the Christian serves, okay? Let's go now, Luke chapter 9, verses 28 to 31, talking about the same event. It came to pass about eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James and went up into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered, and his raiment or his clothing was white and glistering. And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elias, or Elijah, who appeared in glory and spake of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. Wow. So once again, we see Moses, he's talking with Christ, and he's talking about his death on the cross that he's about to accomplish at Jerusalem. That's powerful, folks. Moses served and believed in the same Christ that Christians believe in. There's only one way, folks. 
It is the Christ that I'm preaching to you right here. So let's, as we get near the end of this message, uh, let's seal the deal right here. Let's go to Isaiah uh, chapter 44, verse 6. It says, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. Don't forget this verse, folks. This is a good verse to remember if you're sharing the gospel with people um, and they don't believe that Jesus Christ is God and so on and so forth. Well, I'm going to show you right here uh, that Christ is divine deity, everything else. So here we see this one says that he's the first and the last. He says, and beside me, there is no God. So we know that there are no other gods besides the one who's doing the talking here. He said, thus saith the Lord. Now go to the New Testament, Revelation chapter 1, verses 17 to 18. Okay, this is speaking of the time when John had a vision of Christ. All right, this is after Christ was killed and he rose and he ascended into heaven. He's in glory now. And this is what it says. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, fear not. I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. So we see here that Jesus Christ, the risen Christ, identified himself as the first and the last. Look at that. He says, I am he that liveth and was dead. What do you mean he was dead? Talking about the cross. And behold, I am alive forevermore, talking about the resurrection. Amen or amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. Wow. What does this prove? It proves that Jesus Christ is God. If he's the first and the last, and, and you remember what was said in Isaiah chapter 44, verse 6, where he said, the first and the last said, beside me there is no God. We're talking deity. There's no way around it, ladies and gentlemen. So once again, Moses served the same Christ that I serve and any other Christian serves. Glory to God. So uh, good things to keep in mind. Let's go now to um, John 10, verses 17 to 18. It says, Therefore doth my father love me. This is before Christ uh, was killed. Therefore doth my father love me, because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. So we see there's a difference, father and the son. And Jesus, he's saying, look, I'm laying down my life. He's talking about uh, being killed on the cross. So he's saying, look, I'm doing that on my own accord. I'm laying down my own life. And he says, I have the power to lay it down. And he says, I have the power to take it again. It's going to be raised from the dead. This is deity, folks. So let's go back now to the uh, same first chapter of Revelation. And we have here saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. So here's the Lord instructing 
what to do uh, to these churches. So that's Revelation chapter 1, verse 11. So uh, the main point I want you to see here is that the Alpha and Omega is the same person as the first and the last. Go back a few verses now. Uh, we're going to see Revelation 1, verse 8. He says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. What do we learn here? Well, we already learned that the Alpha and Omega and the first and the last are the same person, God. And here we learn that the Alpha and Omega is called the Almighty. Once again, the deity, the divinity of Jesus Christ. The Christ that I serve, the Christ that Christians serve, is the same Christ that Moses served. Keep in mind, folks, that uh, the, the uh, Jesus Christ of the Jehovah's Witnesses is not this Jesus Christ. They believe Jesus Christ is Michael the Archangel. They believe he was Michael before he came uh, to this earth, and they believe that he's Michael the Archangel now in heaven. Uh, so we realize it's not the same Christ. They don't believe in the deity, the divinity, of Jesus Christ. So when they come knocking on your doors, these are some verses you could share with them if you feel led of the Holy Spirit to do that. Very important. We're talking salvation. We're talking eternity, folks. You cannot get into heaven unless you believe in the Christ that I preach to you today. That applies to Jewish. That applies to Gentile. Don't ever forget that. Let me go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through Four. It says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat or food and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. So once again, this is a witness, ladies and gentlemen, proving that the Christ of the Old Testament, the Christ that Moses, in fact, the church fathers, the Christ that they served is the same Christ that I serve, is the same Christ that all Christians serve and follow. So it says, don't be ignorant. Under the cloud, talking to the Lord led his people in a cloud during the day and a, and a pillar of fire at night. It says, and all passed through the sea, talking about the Red Sea when they went through. So here Paul is preaching to uh, uh, mostly Gentiles, folks. So he's reminding them about these uh, things that went on in the Old Testament times. And the, the point I want, uh, it says here, they all ate the same spiritual meat. So it's talking about the, the word of God, uh, eating and tasting and singing that the Lord is good and a spiritual drink, talking about the living waters that come out from that spiritual rock. And who is that rock? It says here, and that rock was Christ. Beautiful, folks. So uh, the, the, the word for you today, folks, if you're a believer, uh, it's good to remember these things because if Christ delivered the children of Israel through all these things, uh, through the bondages, he brought them out of bondage. He brought them through the Red Sea. Do you see that? He, he did all these things for his people. He, he preserved his people. He protected his people. Oh, oh, yes, he did. The Christ that delivered them is the same Christ that will deliver you and will deliver me no matter what comes, folks. 
So we don't know what's coming. Uh, something could be coming very soon. But, but the good news, folks, is that Christ will bring us through. Oh, yes, he will. The same Christ that the children of Israel served. He's the same Christ. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Glory to God. He is the Christ that I serve today. He's the Christ that you serve if you are a Christian, if you've been born again of the Spirit. That's what I want to get across to you today, folks. This is the good news uh, of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to leave it there. You have a great and blessed day.